Hey everyone, I just wanted to, well, I guess we'll see as this goes along, but I wanted to do a quick um, episode. I was kind of having a conversation with someone and had um, the random thought about this that, I mean, I had heard before and I noticed it before and it it led to a lot of issues for me and my previous relationship with my narcissist. Um, just something to be aware of, um, or red flags. If you're still in it, um, expect it. Um, narcissists need everything to be about them, which we know. Um, the world kind of revolves around their needs and their desires. Um, and no matter what the event is, whatever the occasion is, um, they're going to make it about them. Um, and if it's not about them, it's going to be an issue. Um, they have a tendency to ruin any kind of special day. Um, even if it's a special day for them, if it's not done perfectly for them. Um, I mean, the amount of stories I could talk about just from that, you know, um, everything, everything with my ex was over the top every holiday, um, Thanksgiving had to be the best Thanksgiving. Um, and she better get all the praise if she's not getting all the praise. So, you know, people coming over to the house for Thanksgiving, family members and everything else, everything has to be pristine. It has to be perfect. We're buying new, you know, glassware, new everything. Um, you know, and everyone better thank her. And if they don't, she's going to be, you know, complaining to me about everything later about how rude people were, um, or how unappreciative they were, or if they brought something that wasn't good enough. Um, if I wasn't cleaning up fast enough, um, afterwards or, or helping out in any way I can, but anytime I'm in the kitchen on a Thanksgiving, you know, she would yell at me, um, about getting in her way or being in the way and never, never, you know, working as a team. It's more, you know, do things for me, do things for me, do things for me. Every vacation, um, every vacation. I don't think I've ever had a vacation with, with her that wasn't, um, some kind of major argument, you know, unfolding, um, even in places like, you know, going to Disney where it's definitely not about that person. Um, you know, supposed to be the happiest place on earth, but not when you're with a narcissist. I mean, it's, you know, everything's got to be on their schedule, how they want to do it. I don't know. We all had to wait around for her to get dressed, get ready. Um, sometimes her and her mom would have drinks, you know, when the kids just want to go play on rides and they just, you know, want to go grab a drink or a cocktail or something like that. And we're all just kind of twiddling our thumbs, waiting around. Um, and if we show impatience or intolerance of any kind, then, you know, it's going to be World War III. Um, I remember one time we were in Florida and she yelled at me for a parking spot that I was supposed to, she wanted me to park in. And then it was just kind of like, you never do anything right. You never, you know, I'm like, it's a parking spot. I can't just circle around and, you know, and then all of a sudden it turned into the, that I was ungrateful um, because her mom was on vacation with us and, you know, her mom helped us get, you know, the place we were staying at, um, you know, found the location for us and everything. And, you know, I was just so ungrateful for everything that, that 
her mother did for me and everything she did for me when I never asked for any of it. She begged for the vacation. She begged to do this, you know, and then I was getting, you know, railroaded for all the things she wanted. Um, any, any kid's birthday, um, she had to have it over the top. Um, and the whole time there's just so much stress leading up to it because, you know, they need everything to be just perfect, or at least my ex needed everything to be just perfect. Um, and again, she expected praise. She expected gratitude, um, every time, um, her birthday was never good enough. Anything I ever did, any note was meaningless. Any, any card that I sent, you know, gave to her was meaningless. I got to a point where I just stopped trying in the relationship and would just put like, you know, love fill on it. Basically like just get like a cheesy card with a stupid message in it because I knew it didn't matter. I could write the most heartfelt message ever on a card. Um, and she would say that it wasn't passionate enough or that it was, you know, fake, that it wasn't real, you know, or just, there's always some kind of negative thing. So I just stopped trying. Um, you know, if I got her flowers, I would get her the wrong ones. If I didn't get her flowers, I should get her flowers. Um, there's just no pleasing a narcissist on, on special occasions, on special days, on holidays, on birthdays, Christmas. Oh my God. Christmas was always a shit show. Um, and it was always like, you know, I, I was spending, you know, one to $2,000 on the children. Um, and then last minute it was always like, these aren't, there aren't enough gifts. There aren't enough gifts. And then, you know, she would want to go buy more gifts. And it's like just every year had to outdo the last year. There's just something to it to where the kids, it's almost like she feels that love and appreciation is, is brought to her, um, when it's the best. And she just, she just is always in competition with, with no one, with everyone and no one at the same time. And, you know, social media wanting to outdo whoever on social media to have the best pictures and the most gifts and, you know, broadcasting everything to the world. And I felt like all these little random trips, you know, even when we didn't have money, she would always want to go camping at some place, but it was never camping, camping. It was always like, you know, glamping and some kind of cabin somewhere in the woods. And the whole time, all she would do was complain. And if it was somewhere that didn't have good cell phone coverage, it was a complaint. And it's like, you, you want to camp off the grid and then you're freaking out because you don't have cell phone, cell phone coverage. Like, I love the fact that I don't have cell phone coverage. Like, get me, get me out here, you know? But at the same time, I'm still isolated with the narcissist if I'm camping, you know, <laughs> and there's still going to be arguments. I, I legitimately cannot think of one vacation where there hasn't been massive fights. Um, there was one year that I was attacked by her mainly because I had had enough. I know that there was a lot of, um, I was, I, at this point in the relationship, I'd built up a lot of animosity towards her. Um, just from all the shit all the time and the, the, you know, degrading me in front of her family and her friends and, um, you know, just mocking me and making me feel stupid when just for speaking. Um, and this vacation, she had a friend that came down from Virginia, um, that she'd never even met in real life. And apparently this person turned out to be like a crazy lush and 
all kinds of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I went outside to just kind of like, it was at a, at a beach house. We were at a beach house and South of uh, Buffalo on Lake Erie there. And, uh, I remember going outside just to breathe and her friend followed me out there and was trying to flirt with me. This girl that she met on social media, just because she liked her social media, then they became friends and then they like met up and her friend was like married and trying to hit on me outside. It was super uncomfortable. Um, and then her friend came back inside and then I came back inside a few minutes later. I just kind of like stayed out there. Um, and then I was accused of like wanting to have sex with her and all this other stuff. And, you know, saying that I was coming on to her when I like was completely unattracted to this female. Um, but my ex would tell me how beautiful this girl was and how attracted she was to her. And it was just so weird. So that was so weird. But I remember that was around the time that she was kind of giving me a hard time saying that I was a male chauvinist and saying that I wasn't a feminist. I wasn't feminist enough for her and that she needed to be with a man that was a feminist. And it was all just very weird because I had done nothing but respect. I mean, I grew up with three sisters. (laughs) You know, all I did was respect women my entire life. And I, I feel like there was, um, some kind of disconnect, even when we would have arguments that had nothing to do with, um, male versus female in any form or fashion, just because we were arguing about, you know, money or whatever it was, she would say, Oh, I know you can't have a a woman tell you what to do. You can't have a woman talk to you about things. And it was like, wait, what? No, it has nothing to do with that. You're being mean to me. Like if you were a man being mean to me, I'd tell you the same shit. Like (laughs) didn't matter. Um, but this was one of those things. So at this point I was really sick of her, um, basically telling me I had so much male ego and that I was like egotistical and, you know, and all this stuff, which I never was. I just didn't like the way she treated me. So yeah, I did bark back at this point because I was reactive to all the, the lies she was, you know, trying to impose on me and trying to make me feel a certain way and have low self-esteem because she was unhappy with who she was. She was trying to degrade everything that I liked about myself. And I kind of pushed back. So we were at the beach and there was this little hill of, you know, um, just like a little sand hill. And I climbed to the top with the boys and we were like looking at the water and the waves were coming up. And then she came up to the beach and, um, walked up to the top and I don't remember what it was, but I think she, you know, when we were coming down, I was holding one child and holding the other one's hand and we were walking down and she was coming down behind us and she was like, nobody's going to grab my hand. And I mean, (laughs) it was kind of snarky for sure. But at this point, you know, when you're with a narcissist for, you know, 10 years, maybe plus at that point, I don't know, it was probably around 10 years at that point. Um, I just kind of said, Oh, I thought, I thought chivalry was dead. Right. I mean, I'm, I don't want to, insult your feminism, you can do everything I can do. Right. So, I mean, maybe that was mean, but like I was, and normally, you know, if it's somebody you care about and it's somebody you love, of course you're going to grab their hand. But at this point I just had so much animosity towards this person. I just, I, I just, I snap, I kind of like was snippy and 
I mean, I don't even know why I said it. I think it was the the way she said it and the tonality and everything else and just like so offended. Um, and she had just been railroading me about being a man, um, which she did on a daily basis. Um, would talk about how much she hated men as she's raising two boys and living with her husband, which is really hard. Um, and although some of the points are valid that some men do suck, of course, but I think, you know, uh, it is what it is. That's not the point of the story. I don't think, <laughs> I think, I think the larger point here is, um, then it was just turned into world war three. As soon as I said anything to her, excuse me, blah, 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 blah. And we went back to the beach house and then she just, you know, kept going and kept attacking me and, you know, um, spinning things around and changing the dialogue, changing the, the topic and pointing fingers at me for this or for that. And I think I, I just, at one point I was just kind of like, you know what? You fucking ruin every holiday. You ruin every vacation. You ruin everything. Like nothing. It's always about you. If it's not about you, like then you're not going to be happy and nobody's going to be happy because you're going to be miserable. If it's not about you, the kid's birthday is not about you. Vacation is not about you. And I just kind of like, lit into her and I was just kind of like you I think I I think what really pissed her off was when I just said you ruin everything um and then she she said you know basically like take it back and I said no I'm not gonna take it back and then she got really like you could see something snap inside of her and she like started charging towards me and I like walked down the hallway to like get away from the kids and she goes fucking take it back and I was like I'm not fucking taking it back you you're toxic. You ruin everything. It's true. You ruin everything. And then she uh, grabbed my ponytail because I had long hair at the time and I had it up in a bun. And uh, she grabbed my hair and basically jumped with all of her weight um, like to the ground, like just tried to like grab my ponytail and then sit down. And it like pulled my neck back really hard, and tweaked my neck super bad. And then just started, you know, hitting and punching and attacking me. And I was trying to get away from her and trying to push her off me. She bit my arm. She punched me in the lip. Um, my lip started bleeding. I had scratch marks all over my arms. Um, and I was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. And, and I, I got my shit and I, I left. And we were um, only about an hour south of where our home was. So I just left. And I remember um, calling my sister um, I took pictures in the bathroom before I left of, of all the markings that I had on my body. And I called my sister. Well, I texted my sister that, and I said, I'll call you in a second. I got all my shit and left. And she, you know, when I was grabbing my stuff to leave, she, I walked back out into the living room. She's just sitting there with the kids in the living room, acting like nothing happened. Um, and I was like, I'm leaving. And she was like, really, really? You're going to make a big deal out of this? Like, you're really going to just ruin everything? Like you're going to ruin vacation because you don't know how to control yourself. And I was like, you just attacked me. You just fucking attacked me. <laughs> like, fuck that. I'm, I will see you guys in a couple of days. And I gave my kids hugs and they were like, oh, don't leave. And it sucked because my kids didn't want me to leave and they were sad. Well, my oldest son, my youngest son, I think was two. I think he was like two years old at the time, maybe. Um, so I don't think he really, you know, recognized what was going on. Um, but I left and then I called my sister and I was just crying. 
like just crying, like, I don't fucking know what to do. And she's like, call the police. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And I mean, in hindsight, I should have called the police as soon as it happened and legitimately got her ass put in jail or press charges or, you know, something, um, just to have it on record because now I'm in this court battle. And if I would have had something like that on record with the actual physical assaults, so I begged my sister to, um, well, my sister begged me to go to the police and at least file a report, at least file that there's a, some kind of incident report on file that this happened, but I don't want to press charges, but I want it on record. Um, so I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, and she was like, you have to, you have to, you have to. And I got back into town and I went to the police station and they were like, well, this incident happened in this other town. So you're going to have to go back to that town to do it. And I was like, shit. I'd just driven an hour back and then I called my sister and I told her and she goes, well, do it, drive back. And I was like, really? She's like, I'll stay on the phone with you the whole time. I don't care. Just go. <sighs> so I did. And, you know, she was really proud of me. I was actually really proud of me. I drove all the way back to that town. You know, the, the guys were, you know, officers were super nice. You know, I sat down with someone and they wrote down everything. They, you know, saw the markings on my body and they verified that, you know, like they saw that and blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't wanting to press charges. Then it was just an incident report. I got a copy of it. Um, I gave the copy of it to my lawyer, which was great. So I did have a copy of it when I got a lawyer and everything else. I still kept that copy um, to present to the court as, as, you know, proof, which ended up getting me my, um, order against her restraining order type, you know, um, order for, for that. Um, uh, so yeah. And that was on a holiday when that happened. So not a holiday, it was a vacation, um, that wasn't really about her but she made it about her and it was for her mom's birthday. Actually it was mom, her mom's birthday. And we would go there every year. Um, and she invited this crazy friend that was apparently a swinger and was trying to hook up with me. And then I got blamed for being flirty, which I literally wouldn't even look at this person. Like it was not my friend. I wanted nothing to do with her. And then she was like, I, eh, eh, something's going on there. I'm like, Nope, not, e not even remotely. You know, looking back at it now, I realize, you know, she always had eyes on other people. She was always, you know, wanting to play the field. If she wasn't playing the field, she was wanting to. Um, and so, you know, <clears throat> that's always the thing that they say, like, cheaters are typically the most jealous um, or protective or whatever. Um, I can I can see that for sure. Um, <clears throat> sometimes they're really insecure. But in this situation, I think that it was because she was up to no good. Um, I found myself in my current relationship feeling insecure, but mainly because I've been cheated on by my ex so many times that now I feel insecure and it comes across sometimes as jealousy in certain ways. But um, yeah, so uh, that, that was just, uh, some of the, some of the things I'm going to think of more instances, I'm sure, um, of holidays and, you know, vacations and everything else where it was just 
it was hell. I always feared when I would look at a calendar and I would see Mother's Day coming up, I would see her birthday coming up, I would see anniversaries coming up or, you know, Valentine's Day. Like, I would do everything I could every time to try to make it special. I mean, maybe because it just wasn't genuine, maybe because there was so much animosity there and I had so much fear. All the things I did for her, I feel like were fear-based. Even the wedding day and my vows, I couldn't even think of vows to write. Um, I couldn't think of vows to write for weeks when I was trying to write my vows. And I think I wrote my vows like two days before the wedding. Um, and I was just so terrified that I wasn't, it wasn't going to be good enough. Like nothing was going to be good enough. And I was like afraid of, I think I was more afraid of the wrath if the vows weren't good enough of her than I was actually like coming up with just something that was like genuine from the heart. So I tried to like think of what she would want to hear versus what I actually felt, I think, um, which is super fucked up on so many levels. You don't even think about it. Everything just happens it like comes at you. It's happening to you and you don't even know how to react. You're just kind of reacting. You just you just respond in the moment to everything that, that flies at you and you know, and it seemed really genuine when, when I when I gave my um vows at the wedding, but it was still like I remember crying, but I think I was just like in my head almost, I was almost like, I got to really play this up. And then like, I started crying and I don't think I forced the tears, but I don't think the tears were because I was so happy. I think there was a lot of fear based behind those tears and want. I think there was a lot of wanting for her to be different. I think there was a lot of wanting and desire for her to recognize how much I want this relationship to work and how much, like, fee- I don't know, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of fear there. Honestly, that's a really good way to say it. Um, and I think the tears were almost like a plea in a way. Like, notice me. Be nice to me. Like, care for, care about me the way I want to care about you. But you keep fucking with me, and I don't care about you the same as I know I can, as I know I should, but if you keep, you know, hating me all the time, it's hard to love you. Like that's, I think what I was feeling and it was just like this, this isolated feeling. And it was almost like I was putting my heart out there, even though those weren't the words that were being said, that's, that's kind of, I think where my, my tears were coming from, it was just like this overwhelming, like, shit, this is like, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm going. Like, be nice to me. It's like, it's like a desperate attempt at salvaging something. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this though. And the holidays and even the smallest holidays or getting the wrong card or the wrong flowers or the wrong whatever wrong shirt wrong size wrong something it's always wrong it's always wrong or it's the wrong brand or it's you know whatever you attempt to do is just never going to be good enough for a narcissist um 
And I mean, you might get it right once. I think maybe I got it right once. And then somehow there was still, there were still things that were, you know, criticized. I still had things that were criticized. So yeah, I remember for her 30th birthday one year, I had my sister in town and we all went out to dinner and we planned a secret like surprise party for her. And, um, her mom <clears throat> helped me with it and contacting people because, you know, she was so fucking nosy. I couldn't even have privacy on my own phone without her like harassing me. Like who are you on the phone with? Who are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So I employed her mom to do it because, you know, her mom's not around her all the time. And then it turned into, oh, my mom did this. You didn't even set up the party. Like, I was so impressed that you did all this, but my mom made all these contacts. I'm like, I gave her all the contacts. I gave her everything because, you know, you're a nosy motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, you know, then I was just ridiculed. So at first it seemed like everything was great. But then, you know, for months after that, anytime we would get in a fight, she's like, you can't even do anything right. You know, you can't even do the surprise birthday. You didn't even do a surprise birthday for me, right? You had my mom do everything. My mom set that up. You didn't set that up. And it's like, slow down, Turbo. I set it up. It was my idea. And I asked your mom for help. Your mom helped. She didn't set up, you know, but, you know, she praised her mom and ridiculed me, whoever she was fighting with. That's just how it went. So, so I guess my point is, if you're with a narcissist, a get out. B don't even don't even sweat it. Like if you're if you're still stuck there and you're trying to figure it out, like don't don't sweat it. Don't sweat all these holidays and all this petty bullshit and just it's just exhausting. Um, so exhausting. And I got to tell you, it feels really damn good to be on the other side of it. Um, if you're still in it, you should join the other side. It's, it's, the grass is definitely greener in this case. You know, that, that saying isn't always accurate. Sometimes the grass is, is definitely greener. So, uh, there's still a long road to recovery. A lot of issues on my own that I got to work out, but that's for another update. Um, but yeah, this is just a random thought and I wanted to kind of notate it while it was fresh in my mind. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day.